Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Now, guys, before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about this dream I was having last night. Let me just tell you, it was just nothing but madness, um, <laughs> which is ironic because today we're talking about Ahsoka Part 7, Dreams and Madness. The, well, if you just add like a, a, a badum tish sound effect for me. No, it was so, so, wow. so no. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I'm not I'm not going to break up my sound effects for that one. I'll be honest. I don't I don't fully get the episode title this week because I mean, last week Balin called Peridia the land of dreams and madness, but it, there wasn't any reference to that or or really any dreams or madness this time. I guess our, our good buddy three PO loves the word madness, but other than that, uh, <laughs> but anyway, whatever. Yeah, I can't I can't fault it's the, show the most too relevant much. of titles that we've seen. Certainly. But you know what? Yeah, it's a fun title, the, the, and there could have been a little bit of madness when it became that little circle the wagon thing but yeah i don't get the dream part well so let's let's dive into this tom yes we are reviewing today ahsoka part seven titled dreams and madness directed by gita van Z- sorry gita Vazant patel and this was written by dave filoni in this episode hera must answer to the new republic while far far away a reunion takes place so Let's start with yeah. the New Republic. Because that's, again, I, I I was very pleasantly surprised to see Hera back again. I, I, you know, we all love Hera. I'm glad they haven't left her. Even though they've left our known galaxy, they haven't, her story is not done, right? We got some closure there. Uh, and, and they they addressed the the New Republic Oversight Council and the the tribunal regarding her actions on CITOS. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, again, I would think uh, I would think they're gonna have to somehow keep the New Republic partially involved in this because there is that warning that Thrawn is coming. So that th- we are maybe in the next episode they had to have done this. That's what I think. Yeah, no, it's 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 nice, right? We get to see Hera fighting for her her title, really, right? She's 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 at risk of being stripped as a as a general, and, and I don't know if it's like discharged his army discharged or demoted or we don't really know exactly what she was going to go through but it was it was not good let's just put it that way it would not have been good no, no. and once again kaz's father uh senator ziono continues to lead the push to 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 get her in big big trouble steven as our as our resident new republic uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'd say expert. You more of the ships, but you like the, you like the New Republic politics. As well. I do. Too. I do. Too. I, I do too. But well, it's one of my favorite eras, pre Legends version. Um, but no, this is largely more of the same. Like we have the New Republic in a very uh, like just ignoring the reality of what is happening. Um, you know, they Ziono is kind of the main one, but even Mon Mothma, I think, is like. She believes Hera, but not enough that something is really going to change, at least uh, until we get our, our first uh, surprise cameo here. Yeah, it's not, um, not enough to, to, to really... I mean, I guess, I think if Mon Mothma believed in it enough, 
I would hope that she would she would really fight for it, right? And say no. You know, yeah, this is like we've seen her it, during, it the, feels, during the Empire, right? Yeah. She fights for something when she's tr- when she truly, truly believes there's a danger. I think she trusts yeah. Hera, but not enough. Yeah, and she does ask Hera about it, kind of after the fact. But I, I think the key thing we're seeing from the New Republic is, I mean, as we know, like they're they're a bureaucracy to the point that they are like completely incapable of actually functioning. Um. And their their judgment seems just suspect in the sense of, you know, like uh, we get Gideon's invasion of Mandalore called out with Ziona just kind of saying, oh, Gideon's just a warlord. He's acting on his own. There's no, you know, cons- larger conspiracy or greater conflict. And I just want to be like, but we like even so. It should have been a trigger. Have, yeah, like we've got evidence that there is clearly something going on. Like, why are we not doing anything here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's, you know, like I said, a little bit frustrating to see the New Republic kind of acting this way. Um, I do like, as a kind of an aside, that we see Carson Tiva, like, just continuing his uh, I show up everywhere, apparently. Like, he <laughs> arrives kind of in the background and is there to support Hera, which I thought was kind of a, a nice touch. Um, yeah. Well, do you, I, think I, she was, do you think she was expecting him to bring some kind of information to back her up? Not that we get the cameo later, but something different, because that's what I kind of got from the look between the two of them. I I think he was there to try and provide evidence that something had happened. But I think right. the challenge we're seeing with the New Republic is they believe something happened. They just don't think it's relevant or that it matters. Well, like getting invading and setting up his own base on Mandalore, not a thing the New Republic is concerned about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for evidence of some large conspiracy, which... I mean, it, so far, at least, it seems like it either doesn't exist if the Imperial Warlords are fighting, as we kind of see with the, like, what's it called? The Shadow Council, I think. Um, or they just, like, it's just not there yet. Like, it won't co- coalesce until Thrawn brings all of the Warlords back together. Mm. Or they, then I guess it's not the first order yet. But like, or they're just well, doing a good enough job and they've infiltrated enough of the New Republic that it doesn't matter. But, I think it's a little bit about Well, also, right? <laughs> also yeah. didn't, didn't Ziono kind of bring up when it came to the what happened at Cetos, he was like, space whales, isn't that things of legends? I mean, I really hate to say this. You had three it, Republic cruisers that were there that <laughs> saw this. It's, and you're saying this is things of like legend and tale, fairy tales? Yeah. It's what makes it, I think, particularly frustrating is because yes. it's like, yeah, I, yeah, space whales, crazy thing. You realize you have sensor records that show the giant space whales making a jump to hyperspace, which is and, not an, presumably a normal thing. The way and I on t- top of uh, that, free cruisers and their crews. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the way I take it, there's a, there's a couple different schools of thought, right, within the New Republic. There's the Haras who are actually worried about what's going on. And we see later, right, they, they break off into the resistance, ultimately. Um, yeah. There's the school of thought of, like, Mon Mothma, right, where she... She wants to believe Hera, but she also kind of has to be diplomatic and she, uh, you know, she can't just jump. She has to see a little more evidence first. And then there's the, you know, Kaz side of things, not Kaz, but Kaz, the Ziono, uh, Senator Hamato Ziono's uh, perspective, where I think he's just kind of a, more of a buffoon than, than anything else, right? And he, he, I think Hera, um, I'm sorry, Mon Mothma, I believe, would believe the evidence. And and she definitely saw, she wasn't debating whether whether Hera's story was true. Uh, Mon Mothma, at least. I think she believes the evidence. Uh, Senator Ziona, on the other hand, I don't think he actually cares 
and or and if he does, I don't think he, he just seems like someone who's ignoring all the evidence. And even yeah, if you have sensor data, he just doesn't he doesn't care. And so he's yep. more of the I don't know negligent or 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 maybe he is in the pocket, right? It's just he's it, it wouldn't be the first time, certainly. Yeah. I mean, him being in the pocket doesn't really I don't think make sense with resistance, but yeah, it. Ziono is clearly the he's the 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 antagonist here, right? And he's I do like some of Harris Zingers, right? Uh, I protected the New Republic by ignoring you type of stuff, but yeah, Ziono he's the big threat, and Mon Mothma just has to be diplomatic at this point, and that's why I did appreciate that she didn't call Hera out on the lie, but afterwards she's like, yeah, I know that wouldn't really happen, right? You know, one on one in private. But she wants to believe Hera, and so I, I like I like we're getting a little bit more of that nuance. I guess it's not just the New Republic doesn't believe Hera. I wish we were seeing more people in the New Republic that sided with her. I guess, but I think what we're missing, and like this is my take on Mon Mothma, is that she she's built up a New Republic that we like. You kind of assume is still uh, I'm gonna I'm use the word fledgling. Yes. Um, you know, it it is not stable enough. It's a danger of, you know, descending into chaos or civil war or just a bunch of species going their own way. Um, and I think Mon Mothma is trying to balance like we need to keep the new republic together with I know there's an actual threat out there. Mm-hmm. And we're we're only seeing the one side of it that is the I'd say the frustrating side where like, why are you not acting? Why are you not doing things? Um I think the interesting part of this entire sequence though is the very unexpected cameo that we get when c3po arrives to uh save the day for lack of a better word yeah How do you guys I, feel about it i liked seeing 3po I, i've always well i, I think I'm, I'm torn on this right i love seeing c3po i love seeing uh you know hearing anthony daniels anthony daniels sorry he's it's just fantastic so i love yep. that aspect of it for sure and it is a it's certainly an easy way to get Hera out of the situation with Anthony Daniels saying, you know, oh, well, you know, Leia sent me to, you know, here's some evidence that Leia actually sent Hera on her mission. Of course, it's after the fact, right? But it, I liked that Leia is is trying to help Hera. And Leia, of all people, is on Hera's side, right? She's one of the few who is on Hera's side. So that's really nice to see. And I like that they use C-3PO to do that. The only downside, and this is a minor thing, is it does highlight that that they're, they're not going to ever show us Leia because they can't. They're not going to, they can't recast Leia. I don't think they want to. And they definitely can't do a CG one Leia because they seem, I think rightly so, hesitant to you know reuse the actor's likenesses without their permission. And of course, Carrie Fisher sadly will, you know, she's, she's no longer around to give that permission. And so I don't think we'll ever see Leia. And so from that standpoint, it, you know, it almost highlights her absence. It's it's a little bit jarring. Like I, I appreciate the sequence. Um, but like if you if you take a step back, it, it basically equates to like we're you're in a, a civil hearing mm-hmm. and someone else walks in who has like a, a bailiff walks into the courtrooms, like, here, I have evidence that this is okay. And then like, you know, presumably there's something on the slate that like proves that it's Leia or that, you know, whatever right. it might be. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right, William. It, it more highlights that Carrie Fisher and Leia is not there. Uh, and I, like, yeah, it gets, it gets Hera out of her jam, but it, 
the sequence ends up feeling a little bit bittersweet. The fact that three POs want to deliver it, I think, helps. Mm-hmm. But it's a uh, yeah, it's a little bit because well, if like if Leia really cared about Hera, she would show up in person, right, rather than just sending three PO or or a hollow message, right, or, or, or know, a like, hologram. And, exactly. I think that at least would have been expected. I was expect. Oh, well, they're gonna show a hologram and. There's nothing. And I again, I get it. I get why they're not doing yeah. it. It makes complete sense. And I love seeing C-3PO. Uh, and, and that's why I'm so torn on it, right? Because it's like it, it highlights Leia's absence, but it also is really special given that you can't show Leia. And so it's like both. I don't know. Tom, what'd you think of it? Tom has no thoughts. Sorry, I had myself <laughs> on mute. I, I... No, I was, you guys had such a great conversation going on there. I was trying to process all of my thoughts and had myself on mute through the whole process. <laughs> but I think it is very bittersweet that Carrie Fisher couldn't be part of this. Mm-hmm. But at least as Star Wars fans, we were able to get some kind of nod back to the original trilogy with the use of C-3PO. My biggest thing, though, is he comes walking in with a data disc that is supposed to be able to clear Hera. Now, if Ziono had any kind of you-know-what-is, he would have sat there and said, great, put that holo disc in and let's see what's on there. Because basically you could say that was a MacGuffin to get Hera out of it. Right. I don't because know if anyone never did got to see anything on the disc. Yeah. Didn't, well, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's text only, but did anyone actually read it? I just got the sense that yeah, I mean, C-Derpio walked in, he waved yeah, a little thing it, and was like, I win, right? You all believe me yeah. and we're done. Bye. And, <laughs> and even, and even on that, even on that, when Mamatha call, called her out, right. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I know Leia basically did not give you the clearance to go do that, but you know, nod, nod, wink, wink, we're going to run with this. Right. But it's still, I agree. There is no way they could have done anything with a princess Leia or Carrie Fisher that would have worked in this scenario because sadly she's, she's not here anymore, but this is a way for them to do it. And this was the only way they could have done it. And they pulled it off the best way they could. I, I did like that, again, it, it underscores just how important Leia is, right? And the, yes. how respected she is. Understandably so, but, you know, she sends a message saying, no, I ordered this, and mm-hmm. I'm on the Defense Council, which is also important, right? Because she's, it sounds like she's like the chair of the Defense Council. And they they realize, well, if, if, if Leia ordered this mission, we're not going to argue with it. And everyone just, mm-hmm. you know, shuts up. And the fact that Leia even kind of, seemingly uh throws ziono under the bus it's like well you didn't you didn't hold you made a decision without involving me so but i'm i'm gonna forgive you you know type, type of thing so i did yeah, like all it, of that it works yeah it works the, the whole thing worked it worked to the best of their ability to to do it yeah so speaking of surprises and this i was i thought we were done with this but I really enjoyed seeing Anakin return yet again. Hayden Christensen back for the third episode this season. Uh, this time he's training uh, Ahsoka, you know, via basically an old, she's watching an old training hologram of Anakin during the Clone Wars. And this was just such a, I love this scene. It was very, very special and a nice moment to see yep. young Anakin talking to now and an older Ahsoka via an archived hologram. It's so reminiscent of the Clone Wars, just Mm -hmm. between, not just because Hayden Christensen is obviously still in the kind of Clone Wars getup, but just the way they, 
you know, you can tell how Anakin, how, sorry, I'm trying to think of the right word, but like the affection he holds for Ahsoka, the like care he's putting into, uh, you know, how she is and like, you know, making sure that she's ready for whatever might come. Um, we even get a reference to Asajj Ventress, which I think might be the first time she's shown up in live yep. action. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which yeah, is pretty that's a big milestone for her. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it because it's, it's a thing in which you know that he is preparing her for when he will not be there. And I think even the hologram does say that mm -hmm. I am making sure that you're trained well enough to where you can fight your own battles because I'm not always going to be at your side to bail you out. Yeah. And she's continuing that training and I, I, I appreciate it. And I really think they have used him very well. It's Hayden Christian. I feel has not been overused in this episode at all. And he's been used at the right moments to make a point or to make something. And then that's it. And then they just keep moving on. I think it's, it's beautiful how they've been using him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's touching because again, it shows this is Anakin prior to turning the dark side when prior to Ahsoka leaving. Right. And so it's that moment where, Anakin and Ahsoka had the closest bond they mm -hmm. ever had. And, you know, we get the, the playful side of Anakin with, you know, telling her to practice the, the, the drills often, or at least more than he does, but then also saying how proud of her that he is and how she will, she will get through anything. Right. It, it is, it's such a, a nice closure for, for Ahsoka in some ways. I mean, it sounds like she's heard this many times, but mm -hmm. it's a really nice moment before she gets accused and leaves the Jedi, before Anakin turns the dark side, before Order 66, before everything that happens. And the, the fact that she goes back and, and, and watches these, I don't know, I, I really like that 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 concept. And I almost wonder, like, did she put these away for, you know, decades, right? Because it maybe was too hard, too hurt too much to watch them. And now after seeing him in the World Between Worlds, maybe she has... Yep closure yeah, and wants to go back and watch them again i don't know i'm just speculating here but no i think i think you're right i i again look at it as she, before she went to the world between worlds her memories of anakin are just tainted based on what she knows he becomes and it's now because of uh the world between worlds that she like recognizes no like there there were there was good in anakin's teachings that he gave me as evidenced by you know all of these hollows that he left to me that i that i now have um, so I, I love her reconnecting with Anakin mm -hmm. in this way. I, I think it's also a thing to where she realizes that, and, and you saw that there was that break to her. It was not her that pushed him in that direction. She's basically able to let that go and just remember Anakin as Anakin. And was she was not responsible for him going over to the dark side. And the other thing I appreciated was he had about what, 20 recordings? Because 19 or 20 recordings that he did for her. So that means there's a lot of training that he was setting her up for, for this moment, for her to move on after he's gone. So that was really cool to see as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. And it was, like you guys said, it was just the right amount of Anakin. And I, I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, Peridia or Ahsoka finally arrives. Everyone is in Peridia now. It's hard to believe we've only been on Peridia for two episodes. It somehow feels longer 
I don't, I don't know why, but, um, yeah, the, uh, Ahsoka and the Purgle arrive on Peridia and I loved the shot of, well, you know, the Purgle come out of hyperspace and you're inside the whales, space whales mouth. And you, all you can see are just these lights shining through the teeth as the mines start exploding and there's blaster fire outside and Ahsoka and Huyang can't really tell what's happening. I thought that's such a gorgeous, gorgeous shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that yeah, even t- oh. I, I think my favorite shot of this particular sequence is, you know, they've uh, flown out of the Purgle's mouth. And when Huyang makes his comment about, oh, at least the, the Purgle are, you know, drawing some of the minds. And then you see the Purgle like, <laughs> yes. like, no, 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 we're done Jump with this. In the light space. Yeah, light speed. <laughs> yep. Um, was just yeah so cool to see um, yeah beautiful shots I, I i actually really enjoyed this entire space sequence um mm-hmm. it it added a lot of weight that i thought some of the previous space sequences were missing in uh in the show yeah i i agree i think a lot of it also was when they were being chased by the uh ships from the eye of Zion, because that that's the one thing we have missed is a lot of space battle and this episode really brought a lot back into what was like let's say star wars space battle yeah there was actually quite a bit of i think space sequences in this Mm. in this episode right you had the whole the mines and the pursuit into the it's not the asteroid belt right because it's made of purgle bones and it also that looks so cool just the the fact it was so cloudy and filled with bones and you can almost see like little fish almost like things space creatures. that was fascinating Did you see those see. like Were flying between the bones yeah. like that was just ah it was it was so cool it was so cool i, I thought the action in this episode was was quite good uh, across mm-hmm. the board from the duels to the space battles um yeah very i can't speak highly enough about them just visually very stunning and, and exciting and uh they end up getting a a place to to hide on one of the purgle i don't know uh, like ribs it looked like a rib cage yeah exactly like they were hiding in a rib cage (laughs) yes and uh this is the first time in i'm trying to think it's been a while we've seen jedi communicate through the force with each other using the master and apprentice bond very Mm -hmm. similar i guess we saw a slightly different form in maybe the sequel trilogy but you know the the most famous scene of course being luke and vader at the end of empire and uh i i liked i I like how we got to the that's how ahsoka finds sabine and her location it's a nice it's a nice touch yeah i agree i i like i said I think the last time we really saw it was episode five. I really appreciate the mirroring effect that we see. Like it, it's shot for shot, very similar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time that Sabine has used the force. Like, I, I don't know if you consider this technically to be using the force, but I was thinking about that. Big mouth that's for... Yeah. I was thinking well, about that too, you know, well, what did you guys think? Because I, I found it interesting that she was like, where you had Ahsoka sitting there saying Sabine, 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 but you had Sabine sitting there saying it was like a feeling. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, Ahsoka's here. She, yeah, she doesn't quite recognize it yet. Yeah, she doesn't. Uh, but I, I think she, like, I don't know. I do think this is her first kind of touching of the Force. And yes, it is created or mandated or uh, whatever by Ahsoka. Like, it is Ahsoka who's the one who creates the connection. And Sabine just happens to feel it on the other end. Mm-hmm. Um 
but it's a pretty like it's a pretty big deal for her mm-hmm. like this is the first time and i i like how they did that as well right it's not sabine herself just magically being super powerful and using the forest right it she's she's here she's receiving rather than yep. and i think and i think this is pretty typical like, even when speaking languages right you you you're able to understand it when you hear it before you can speak it um and same same type of concept here uh which is uh which is really really nice um i was also realizing you know leia also heard luke in uh it was in episode five Uh, yeah that's why she went back for luke at the very end uh and so yeah it's it's nice that even even if you don't have a strong like leia of course she had the force so she has she's but she never really used it before and so it's a night again it's very similar to sabine where i think sabine's natural talent and natural affinity for the force is probably much much less but uh you know we've got her also again using the the force to 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 connect it's a good first step um what did you guys think of you know ahsoka and sabine Sorry, it's not Ahsoka. Sabine and Ezra. They finally they catch okay. up. This this is still this is still kind of bothering me. Really? Okay. Okay. It, it, it's bothering me for just this one point. Okay, so everything's fine and hunky dory. She fills him in that, you know, the Emperor's dead. You know, well, not, you know, hundred percent confident, but you know, Emperor's dead. You know, this happened here, this happened here, Zeb's over here. The New Republic's this way, but she never gets around to how did I become, how did I find you to get here? Yeah, Ez- Ezra is remarkably patient for. I know it's frustrating as hell. Heck, before we go too far, I want to like That's so fine. we get the line, you know, because Ezra wants to be filled in on galactic history, and so he says, "So the Emperor is dead," and Sabine's response is, "That's what people say." Yeah. I don't know about you guys. That line bothered me a little bit. Um, it feels like a very awkward throw forward to what will become episode nine. Um, <laughs> it, I, I agree with like, you because I, I agree with you and don't, not to cut you up, but no, I don't think you're not the only one that's been reading that because I've been seeing that elsewhere. And it's almost like the nod, nod, wink, wink. We know what's coming type thing. So yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. feel earned in universe really. And it, it feels like they said that cause like, Oh, we, we should start trying to create some groundwork for the emperor to come back. And I just having this be the first time I, I don't think was the right approach. I, it needed to be Agreed. a little bit broader. Like it Sabine comes out feeling, it almost sounds like kind of conspiracy theorist. Like, ah, oh, some people say the emperor is still <laughs> yeah. alive. And I hear that Darth Vader actually lives in the deep core. Like, <laughs> It's just, it's missing something. Um, That's, I, I think they yeah. could have handled this a lot better. Agreed. Yeah. I, um, you're, you are right. I guess the one thing that makes me feel better about it is it's kind of a classic Sabine, you know, reaction of that's what people say. And maybe it's not even, is she actually doubting it or just, just talking about the, you know, like I wasn't there and just talking about it nonchalantly. And I know you probably don't believe the emperor is dead, but Hey, that's what people say, you know, like maybe I, it could be a pro you could read it like that, know. but maybe 
<laughs> but I don't know. It's yeah. But yeah, I think the broader thing in my <laughs> mind, which is what you kind of pointed out, Tom, which is just like Ezra is so absurdly patient yeah. about trying to find out why Sabine is here, how they're getting home. Like he's been, st- I get he's been stranded for, you know, 10 years, but like, I, it's so weird to me that they're like, they're just moving in on this slow convoy mm-hmm. instead of actually like, no, how are we getting out of here? Like, what's, what's the plan? I am ready to go home, please. Like, Hey, Sabine, something. where's your ship? Can yep. we get out of here? You know, I've been stuck here for so long. I, I, appreciate you finally found me because that's what I told you to do. And you know what? I am now ready to go home. So where's your ship? And why is it just you? I mean, that's the other thing. Why is it just you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I clearly Sabine does not want to tell Ezra what's been happening. I think that's, that's very obvious. She is, she does not want to tell Ezra the truth about, I mean, I think she, she clearly believes, and she's not wrong, that she she was even she did she didn't kill Ahsoka, but Ahsoka presumably died. She didn't really stay around to check that long and see if she was mm-hmm. around there. And she went with Balin, and I don't I think she's embarrassed about it, and she doesn't want to tell Ezra. Now Ezra's been very patient, but yeah. I guess they also did have a lot of other things to catch up on, so I guess it makes sense. Um, the fact that they're still just running around the planet and and with the with the convoy i don't fully understand yet because i feel like sabina's like hey let's like let's go let's let's turn around and get out of here maybe she thinks thrawn has already left them you know on on the planet uh but if that's your only like you don't know ahsoka's coming that's presumably your only route out of here get back to thrawn's ship and at least try to sneak forward or something i don't know yeah, it, yeah. Some somehow, some way, or at least have Ezra say, "So, where's your ship?" Yeah. But all that said, Ahsoka. I'm sorry, I keep saying Ahsoka. Sabine and Ezra felt very much true to character, uh, and I, I liked seeing Definitely. their their dynamic mm-hmm. here a lot. They they did a good job. Like it. Again, we were talking about, you know, Ahsoka and Anakin felt like Clone Wars. This very much felt like Rebels. Like, the two of them hanging out and the banter between them, I thought, worked super well. It was just kind of the the broader context that felt a little bit odd. But just Mm. getting to hear them talk and discuss was fantastic. Even talking about things like how Sabine is now training to be a Jedi, right? And and Ezra's initial surprise. And then, like, oh, yeah, no, no, that that makes sense. Like, I I could see that. It's all really some nice, nice moments. So I, I, I like that. Um, that leads us to Balin and Shin and their attack. So they appear on the ridge in front of the convoy. And so I, we talked about Balin's motivations last week. I'm still so curious to see what he wants to do. Because it sounds like he's, correct me if I'm wrong, he just said goodbye to Shin, right? They're, they're, yes. they're, they're yep. parted for good. No, yep. Our, our training did. is done. Good luck. See you at some point in the future. Yeah, he's like, and my path lies in another go way. Go serve the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and his, I liked his parting lesson. He's actually, you know, uh, it's actually pretty good, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wise, right? Impatience for victory will guarantee defeat. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't get an explanation. As if I was Shin, right? I feel like I would be very surprised as well because he's so vague. My path lies in, maybe they talked off screen, but 
she's been his apprentice and now he's like, oh, uh, you're done. See ya. Go, go kill Sabine and Ezra and um, I'm going yep. somewhere else. Yeah. That was it, very huge surprise. There's, there's something missing. Like, I'm I'm curious at this point if we're even going to see Balin's, like, what he's looking for. Um, Their relationship just takes another weird step because, like, it also didn't have, like, the emotional goodbye that I would have expected out of the fact that, you know, we're talking about a master and apprentice and mm-hmm. they're just, uh, they're cool with it, I guess. We're, we're done. See you later. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a weird kind of sequence. Very, very and- much so. And the hardest thing about this, will we see what Balin is after at this point? Because sadly, the actor has passed. It's going to be very hard to replace him. And if it's a thing to where somehow Shin takes up his quest, that would be awkward if that happens. Because if he's sitting there giving her the parting shot to go ahead and say, hey, now you're going to go serve the Empire. My path lies on a different path than yours. It would be very awkward to see her pick that up because you didn't even get the idea that she knew why he was going that direction when he said, go forth and go, go serve Thrawn. Yeah. No, I, I have many questions. We only have one episode left and Balin has been, he's been such a cool character and I, I want to see what happens with him. He clearly has, uh, we speculated a lot on this last week, something he's trying to do on this planet and something that's very powerful but what is it? What is he trying to do? I don't know. I don't know. I, See, I, I hope we get resolution to it, especially because man, the he he is he is a such a such a good character and, and mm-hmm. Ray Stevenson just does a wonderful job playing him. And unfortunately, as you know, I think all of our listeners know Ray Stevenson passed away earlier this year, and so he will of course cannot be returning in, in future seasons. So I, I hope they wrap up his story. And then give him a, a, a fitting send off this season. And and that's another thing that I'm sitting here thinking of. If there's something very powerful on that planet, why haven't the grandmothers even felt it? If he's the one that feels I mean, maybe it, they're running from it, it right? You know what? That could be the point. Because they're leaving. Why, the grandmothers are, yeah, are maybe they're leaving. Yeah. But but the funny thing is, it's it's not that you would think that if they're leaving, and when Thrawn calls out in the middle of the battle that one of one of the um, you know, the heat that Balin's not in this battle. Okay. That the night sisters would be scared of him even trying to get a hold of that kind of power. If they're so afraid and they're leaving, they wouldn't want anybody else to have it because that means whoever has it will now be a, a, an enemy of now the night sisters and go after them. It's, it's weird how this is all playing out. Yeah. I want to, I want to see you. I, I really want to find out what, what happens mm-hmm. I, yeah so like this seems like a good time to kind of get into this i think the thing that like i just to be clear i enjoyed the episode overall and i thought mm-hmm. they did, did a really good job i think the the frustration i feel with it is actually less about this episode specifically and more uh this was the penultimate episode of ahsoka um we don't have a confirmed season two yet mm-hmm. it's unclear if we will get a season two or if this is meant to flow into some other show um, but it's become very clear that like this, the show will end in one of two ways and we'll find out, you know, in two days time, um, one, all of our characters get off the planet, Ahsoka, Thrawn, Ezra, Sabine, uh, they, they will 
head back to the galaxy and the show ends with them arriving in the galaxy far, far away. The, mm-hmm. the, the normal, whatever. L- less, a galaxy less far away. <laughs> a galaxy less far away, yes. <laughs> uh, option two is Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra are stranded on this planet, um, but Thrawn makes it back to the galaxy far, far away. I think those are the two options. You'll yep. notice that both of them are cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, this like this is the penultimate episode, but we're like you. It's very clear that we are. This is like barely Act One of the story. This is the introduction of of the villain, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's like I think that's just all we're gonna get for now, mm-hmm. and that's a little unfortunate. Um, but it yeah, like it, it's what it's what we've got. This is this is what the show will be. You, yeah, you're 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 very you're you're exactly right, Stephen. And the in some ways it makes me a little sad because I love these characters, and we we spent the whole season really just trying to get Ezra and and Sabine back. And I think for fans of Rebels and fans of Clone Wars, this is just so wonderful, right? For people who don't know, who did not watch either show, I worry a little bit that they've not really done enough for people who only watch the live action shows, which let's be honest, that's a lot of people, right? Um, I worry that I love Thrawn. He is such an amazing character, but have they done enough to really uh, set Thrawn up as a threat to the galaxy? Because so far I feel like they've mostly been relying on Thrawn's reputation from the books and from Mm -hmm. rebels rather than showing just how dangerous he is in in this show. I I agree. I, I agree, and I think the hardest thing is he doesn't have much... Think of it this way. He doesn't really have much to work with in this show right now because really his only adversary is uh, Ahsoka. That's mm-hmm. it. In the books, it's always been a full fleet or it's been pirates or it's been... you know. It's, and I, I suspect we'll we will get there eventually. Like, yeah, I think they I do show, they they do try to show some of that kind of um, goodness, for lack of a better word, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like we see Thrawn strategizing, you know, realizing that the battle's lost because you know Balin's not there. Um, but it's we're still very much missing just the piece that is. Uh, yeah, like I said, he doesn't have a lot to work with here. And right. I think as a result of that, his strategy seems, uh, I'm going to say more conservative. Like he's focused yeah. on conserving resources for later. Like he fo- mm-hmm. he's focused on flushing a soak out. All of that is fine. It's not the grandiose introduction that I think Thrawn needed. Um, you know, like if you think back to Rebels when Thrawn is introduced in animation, like his entire season is about him bringing the uh i'm blanking on the word but like the lethal rebels to their needs like mm-hmm. he he fully chases them off of lethal and sends them into hiding um that is the the thrawn i think we needed here and it's the way we've set up this season it's and again i think it's a fantastic first act i've enjoyed yes. just about every yeah. episode mm-hmm. absolutely um it but it feels like, yeah, like there there was more that maybe could have been done here if that if that were their desire. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. Okay. So it, it's it's challenging because Thrawn is in another galaxy. He does have limited resources. His only option is to escape. And and so when he his base his basically his his strategy is, well, I'm gonna 
try to flush Ahsoka out and give her the space to go find Sabine. I put Sabine far enough away from me that they won't really interfere. And yeah, well, if we can kill them, that's great. That's a nice perk, but I'm not going to waste a whole bunch of resources on them. And clearly if it's not going to happen, I'll, I'll pull my forces back that, that type of thing. Right. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's very conservative as you said. Uh, and it, it makes him a little bit less threatening and shows a little bit less of his brilliance. Because, yeah, she's using, oh, I know he is, I know he was trained by Anakin, and so she's going to be a little bit more unpredictable. Okay, that's nice. That's great. Um, also, I, I like that they got that from the Inquisitorius database, so they, they're using some old yep. intel, but it's a nice nice connection there. Um, but, you know, that's about it, right? He, he's trying to trying to move her, the chess pieces into place. But there's not a lot he can do, and mostly it's, hey, let Ahsoka do what she wants to do. And by the time she tries to get to me, it'll be too late. Right. So, I don't know. I yeah, I love Thrawn. I, I, it's so, so wonderful to see him in this series. I hope in the final episode we get to see a bit more of just how brilliant and how dangerous he is before, mm-hmm. you know, the inevitable heir to the Empire movie or something. And and yeah. I think the hard, the hardest thing right now is because you have um a strike that is now over when it comes to the writer strike that that if there's going to be the ahsoka season two that was probably put on hold any kind of announcement until this thing is now over maybe that's why we haven't heard anything yet i i, I wouldn't be any... surprised if this next episode ends and we get like the you know ahsoka will return ahsoka season two or whatever it might be right um i hope so i really because i yeah, really I hope so too we we will get that um, so they're going back to the battle a little bit. So the naughty kind of ring up like old West caravan style. Um, and how did you guys feel? So Sabine offers Ezra her slash his lightsaber, depending on how you want to like interpret it. Um, and Ezra's just like, no, he's just not going to take it. Um, and then he proceeds to do some cool, you know, force punching and stuff like that it's interesting. I, it makes Ezra almost, he's not quite a pacifist, but it, it brings out a little bit of that kind of side. Um, do you guys think it's just cause he didn't want to take the, like a lightsaber that he perceived as Sabine's or like what, what is going on there? I, uh, I, I kind of saw it as he has been on this planet for so long He's been able to figure out a way to fight without using a lightsaber and just using his wits, his dexterity, his fighting ability, and the force. So why, at this point, grab a lightsaber to where probably wouldn't happen, could may accidentally cut off one of his own limbs because he hasn't used one in a while. But I I just, I, I looked at it from that perspective. Yeah, so, I think you're right. I think he did. He 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 does feel very confident in his abilities, and he hasn't had a lightsaber in ten years at this point, right? Right. Um, that said, and, and it was really cool to see him fight, right? Um, that said, I did. I was sad that he didn't take his lightsaber because, oh, I just wanted to see him. You know, maybe maybe that'll happen in the finale, right? He'll 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 finally pick up a lightsaber again. He'll be the Ezra we know and love. Maybe he shaves his beard off, right? Uh, it looks more like his normal self. But 
yeah, it was a it was a little annoying at the time as I was watching. I was like, why just take it? Oh, I get mm-hmm. that they wanted Sabine to keep the lightsaber because she's kind of the main focus right now. Um, so I get it all. It was a little annoying he didn't take it, and then of course Sabine doesn't even use the lightsaber until halfway through the fight. <laughs> she's just using her blasters. Uh, I I feel like especially for a a Mandalorian like Sabine, maybe Ezra's original blaster lightsaber combo would have been a better a better weapon for her because. Seems like she never takes her out of lightsaber until halfway or two thirds of the way through the battle. I'm like, I, personally, I would rather use the lightsaber the whole time and deflect all the shots and maybe pull out a blaster if I if I need to go long range. I, I don't know. That's my own. Well, I I think when it came stuff, to Sabine fighting in this episode, I liked it more because it was cool. Episode, it was well done. Fought, it, it it was very well done because. But for me, when I watched it, she basically fought like a Mandalorian in a way, a little bit dirty, but she fought. Instead of just, you know, shoot, 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 there was actual, you know, she used her her birds, uh, whatever, whistle birds, whatever, from her wrist. She used the flamethrower. She used the, mm-hmm. the grappling hook. I mean, she used all the tools that if you go back to the Rebels episode where Kanan's trying to train her, it's like, look, you need to use all the tools that's available to you to fight. You can't just depend on your lightsaber or your blaster. And in this episode, I appreciate it because she did in a way yeah. do that until she pulled out the lightsaber close to the end. Also Ezra and Sabine working together, like when he used the force to pull her away, right? Some nice, mm-hmm. some really nice teamwork moments there. I, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, initially, right. The fight is really between these, the, the rate, the bandits and, kind of trying to take on the naughty convoy and the they they circle the wagons right and uh and and try to hold off the the bandits and they they do take them down and that's when that's when uh, shin finally joins the fight and we get some nice lightsaber duels and ezra man ezra even using the force to go up against shin uh when he has no lightsaber really well done i i I thought that was cool right fantastic yeah yeah i thought well, did you see when he used the force against the blade, how the blade reacted differently? It wasn't just a straight blade. There was um, effects coming off the blade with the force push. I thought it was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very cool stuff. And yeah, yeah, I liked I loved all of that. The duels in this episode were just so good. So good. Um, and of course, and they, you know, they 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 take on the night troopers when they arrive from the gunships and uh, Ezra, you know, picking up blasters. It, it it felt very rebels, I guess I'll say, and and just the the choreography and the action was was mm-hmm. very well done. Yep. Meanwhile, Ahsoka arrives and duels Balin on the ridge, and another again the, the duels in this episode were just so good, right? All all the fight sequences, the space battles, the duels. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In true Filoni fashion, I think this one might have been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it doesn't have the flash that like Shin v Ezra and Sabine has, but just you know the the attacks of two masters, uh, very reminiscent of like Kenobi v Maul in a lot of ways. Like there's not a lot of strikes involved. Um, they both have different goals. You know, Balin wants to stop Ahsoka, and Ahsoka just wants to get by him. And watching the two of them basically fight through that, I thought was just they did it was such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah. And you know, even the even the callback to the first episode of the season, right, with Hu Yang staying close or, or or not, and then coming back to pick up Ahsoka, uh, or at least help her create a diversion so she can escape. All all nice, some nice moments. We never find out what happens to Balin. 
right? He kind of, he's left by himself, but still, he still left Shin, so we don't really know what is going to happen. I, again, I hope we get resolution, mm-hmm. but I, I fear maybe it won't be resolved. Um, yeah, that's my yeah. guess as well. Uh, yeah, is, my guess too. Yeah, because he's such, he's such a cool character. I, I wish, it when we don't see him used as much, it, it's it's sad because his character is so cool. All right. And, and the fact that the, the actor has, has passed away is it's, yeah, it's very, very sad. But the one thing I love about him, he's got this very noble knight feel to him. Yes. Like when you look at how he's all set up in his costume, it's almost like you're looking at a medieval knight without a helmet, but he's got that nobleness to him that a knight of that era may have. And I just so love this character. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. So Ahsoka, she she rejoins the action uh, down with the Nati and they, they, you know, Thrawn pulls out the the night troopers when they decide that it's it's they've lost enough resources and it's it's time to go. And uh, Ahsoka, Sabine and Ezra are finally reunited all together in one place. And it, it is a nice it's a really nice scene. I, I like. I like having them all back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so a couple couple things, I guess. First, Ahsoka does not seem that annoyed with Sabine, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, I I was glad to see that we're not gonna play that game of like, ah, you betrayed me, and like have to go through that. Maybe we'll. I, I assume we'll get some amount of discussion about it. Um but I, I thought this was the the right way for that to go. Mm-hmm. Like and, I, I was very, very happy that we didn't get a bunch of drama for and, it. And maybe, you know, uh, between talking with Hu Yang, um, where I think it was, was it last week, right? He said that maybe Sabine or was, I can't remember if it was last week or this episode that maybe Sabine didn't even have a choice, right? She did. She did the only choice that was available to her. Um, and maybe between that and Ahsoka's time in the world between worlds, she's starting to realize that maybe it wasn't, done maliciously she just really wanted to save ezra and Mm. i think that's maybe giving ahsoka some sympathy for sabine and understanding um but we'll see i will have to see in the next episode because again there's going to be a reckoning about okay now that we're all here hey let's go home yeah i mean i mean that's yeah I, I, i really 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 hate bringing that up I mean, but, that's, that's literally the last line of the episode, right? As it's like, time to go home, right, guys? And yeah. it, it ends with their, before they can be like, uh, maybe. Yeah, about that. About that. The Purgle are gone. Thrawn is about to be unleashed on the rest of the galaxy. And yeah. Hi, we have no you? way to get out of here yeah. because we don't have a hyperspace room. Just, just as a note, though, can we appreciate the fact that Hu Yang was able to fly Ahsoka's shuttle whatever we whatever it's called like he just he does not have an issue at all throughout oh, the entire and, episode and can i despite can I say, being chased throughout it the entire time not even I, a not even a moment and i have one thing to say about this did i not a couple episodes back question you've got sabine in the back as a rear gunner but there's no guns being shot out of the front of that ship and what happens in this episode He's actually firing from the front of the ship because that's what he used to distract Balin when he yeah. was coming down and I... strafed Balin so Ahsoka can get away. Hu Yang's I a talented that. fellow. That's really funny, Tom. Yes. 
Yeah. No. Why didn't you use that before? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hu Yang's he's he's a talented fellow. Now that he's all by himself, he realizes he has to he has to fight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I overall I liked it. Right. I think Ahsoka is starting to feel more like herself again. You know, the banter between with her and Hu Yang is 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 getting better. She's a little more relaxed, a little less reserved still not fully back to herself but she's she's definitely trending that way which is which is nice and i thought the episode had a lot of a lot of nice action um also i have to give a shout out to tommy j wall on twitter who who discovered that in the last episode um the there were markings behind thrawn uh in the in the the night sister temple and they're the same uh, Zepho markings that you see in Jedi Fallen Order. And when translated, it says, Praj Kujit, ruler of all, may his reign last for all, dot, 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 something or other. Kujit was a, a Zepho whose tomb you get to explore in the game in Jedi uh, Fallen Order. So I, I like that they're trying to do some crossover wow. there, right? And maybe did the Zepho come from this galaxy far further away I, I don't know like it's, it's some nice nice touches in the background some world building for for eagle-eyed fans so some cool stuff there yeah i like that a lot yeah um i don't know any, any other thoughts on the on the episode guys i feel like we covered I, just about everything yep i think we did and i think we should be able to move on to ratings let's do it then um yeah, Tom, how would you rate this episode? Okay, overall, I like the episode. I do feel this was a typical Filoni episode to where it was a filler. I know we said that before, but it seemed like it was just a little bit more than just that because there was more going on than just the standard let's take a breather episode. Um, I still get back to there's going to be a day of reckoning between Sabine and Ezra and Ahsoka about how are we getting it back? We, we don't know, but we'll find out. I am giving this episode a 7.5. Um, I, I went back and forth on this. Do I go higher? I can't go lower. I just feel this is a right number for this episode. I am really looking forward to next week because, um, boy, there's a lot of questions that are going to hopefully be answered and those that will not be should hopefully be announced if there's a second season that they're going to be answered then um, or whatever is going to happen after this. So my 7.5 want brats. Um, when the, uh, when, when, when the little vehicles were circling the wagons and you had the stormtroopers sitting there fighting and trying to get, you know, get into the battle, uh, the 7.5 want brats were actually helping uh, keep the stormtroopers away. They're basically they, I that's the best I can do. They were just helping try and defend the the nice peaceful people in their little Winnebagos from getting damaged from the stormtroopers. So that's and the half womp rat. Well, he didn't quite make it. So anyway, nice. William, why don't you go next <clears throat> to bail me out? <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I feel very similarly, Tom. This was a. I think it was an important episode to move all the chess pieces into place, right? Ahsoka mm -hmm. had to get arrived in the galaxy. She had to regroup with Ezra and Sabine. 
Thrawn's kind of watching behind the scenes, right? We're seeing Balin and Shin try to to take on um, Sabine, take out Sabine and Ezra. I feel like it's setting everything up for a big conclusion. I hope it's a big conclusion and not just a a, a giant cliffhanger because we don't know, right, if we're going to get a, a second season or not. And if we do, it could be years before we get a second season. And, and Or is it is this setting up Dave Filoni's movie? I, I don't know, right? There's There's many questions in my mind. This season, though, definitely feels like the most consequential of the star wars uh series so far um you know mandalorian i love it but it's very self-contained saying the same thing with book of boba fett um of course it has repercussions on the rest of the galaxies we see in this episode and, and others but you know not quite as as, as big um this series this season this series really deals with major characters and um i think has a much bigger events right even andor right i love andor but it's 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 setting up the rebellion this is it's it's as close to our main heroes i feel like as we can as you can get <laughs> and and so yeah i i hope we get another season of the show part of me worries maybe it's just gonna lead into a, a movie which would be great too but um i hope we get more uh, but yeah, ultimately this this episode was was setting up the pieces, and it felt very classic Star Wars. They had the, you know, the 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 cute uh, people who who you know live on the planet, the native native aliens, the creatures, and you know they they're they're peaceful, so they you know they use they just throw rocks, right? It's very Ewoks type of thing, uh, taking on the 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 stormtroopers. Uh, we got some great actions. The space battles were great. The lightsaber duels were great. Uh, it's so wonderful to see Ahsoka and Ezra and Sabine all back together. And even though Thrawn is not as threatening, hopefully just yet, um, he's such a great character and he steals every scene he's in. So it's 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 a great setup for what I think will be a hopefully a very exciting finale. What will happen? Will we get closure or not i don't know there's a lot of questions around what's Thrawn gonna do is it just escape maybe it feels a little anticlimactic if it's just escape because it feels inevitable but we'll see you know balin has some unknown mission he's doing we'll see and again and the the inclusion of c-3po was a really nice as well a nice fun surprise Overall, I, I think like you, Tom, I have to give it seven and a half out of Womp Rats out of 10. They were very enjoyable. It was a very enjoyable episode. Um, and it's moving all the pieces into place so that the finale can be hopefully a, a very epic one. So yeah, seven and a half Womp Rats. And these seven and a half Womp Rats, they're, you know, you thought they were fish or something swimming around in the Purgle Boneyard, uh, ask, you know, ring. No, they're, they're, they're Womp Rats. The Womp Rats just they swim through the Purgle Boneyard as in the, in the, in the belt. Yeah. Steven? Yeah, I think you guys both summed it up pretty well. Um, I'm also going to give it a, a seven and a half. I think, like we said, the biggest thing I think going into this is just knowing that this, it's the end of Act One, basically. That's always a rough feeling to be in for a show. But given that restriction, which, you know, it definitely seems like that was always going to be the case. I think that's okay. Like the team has done a great job. They brought Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra to to life in live action, which is like I will I will be eternally grateful 
to all of them for. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm going to give this one a seven and a half. Like it, it progresses towards the end. Um, I, it's mainly for setting up what I hope will be a, a pretty bombastic finale and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I got to decide something to do with my Womp Rats, which is always the challenge. Um, I think, you know, my Womp Rats, we saw the Naughty's vehicles, little like snail things. But we don't actually know how they work. Um, you know, what what is it that powers the Naughty engines? Um, and it's actually, you know, each of those, uh, you know, little mobile homes has got seven and a half Womp Rats just kind of running in, in wheels um, to power their machines and, uh, you know, get get them home. Or, well, not home, but like their home is their home. You know what I mean? Like get them to their next location where they will be home. Awesome. That works. Yeah, it was unanimous. I think we all felt very, very similarly about the episode. I, mm-hmm. I for one, am very excited to see where, how they conclude things yep. in just a couple of days since it's, ugh, it's, it's almost time. You know, I have to say, I always love recording with you guys because it, it feels like the episodes just come so much faster, right? We watch the episode and then a couple days later, I, I will work on the show notes or one of us will. And then I get to rewatch it again. And then a couple days later, we record. Will, yeah, and then well. a couple days later, it's time for the next episode. So it's, it feels like you're right. only waiting like two or three days. It's great. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping in the last episode, this is what I would love to see. Yeah. One of two. One Okay. One of two things. One, you will see... The Chimera inside the Star uh, Star of Scion, yeah, Star of Scion, jumped to hyperspace, meaning that, uh-oh, or two, they cut back to the New Republic, and then you have basically the Chimera come into the New Republic, and that's how the episode ends, because Thrawn, basically Thrawn is back. And there's no announcement that Thrawn is back. It's just... There is the Chimera just appears out of nowhere, right above Ryloth or wherever, or Lothal or wherever. But it's just a signal that Thrawn is back, and bam, that's that's it. Yeah, well, we will find out soon. We I, will. God, I hope something like that happens. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Right. Uh, ultimately, I just can't wait to see what they have in store for us. I always we we you know we have all sorts of fun speculating and breaking down the episode but ultimately it's just it's so enjoyable i just always mm-hmm. we we just enjoy it right we have fun discussing yep. it and think what we would have liked or maybe what we didn't but at the end of the day it's fun to have star wars on the screen it's fun to have ahsoka and all these major characters i love it i love it and i i hope we get more of it so with that uh, i think that wraps up this week and we'll be back next week with our review of the Ahsoka season, hopefully not series, finale. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. 
any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2018.